0: Greetings listeners, this is Nerd Nook, episode 2, with your hosts, The Analyst and Doc Cinema. Today we are going to be covering probably one of the best Marvel movies, the third Thor installment, Thor Ragnarok. Now I'm sure most of you, if you are in fact Nerd Nook fans, you have seen this movie. It is a fantastic movie. Um, in which the apocalypse in Norse mythology, Ragnarok, is foretold to occur. New enemies arise, circumstances change, and we find our heroes once again in peril.
1: And now, going into our rating scale. Character quality, character development. For me, starting off, it's got to
0: be an 8. Um, All the Asgardian characters are exactly what I expected. Um, When I talk about the Asgardian characters, I, of course, refer to Norse mythology, what they are portrayed as, and what they are made out to be in this movie. Completely spot on. Hulk always being the Hulk, always being angry. Also spot on. Loki, again, always scheming. Um, the Gladiators I thought were really cool. Hela, especially Hela, was such an interesting villain. Um, Surtr. And I, I, I would have to give points off for the Grandmaster. Um, I, I don't know if this is a uh, weighted opinion. I, I thought the Grandmaster was going to have more. I didn't. I didn't think the Grandmaster was uh, where he should have been for that kind of character. Um, especially for somebody who rules such a such a chaotic planet, he he was just very laid back. Um, I would have liked to see a different personality out of him. Now with character development, of course, we have uh, Valkyrie who had probably the biggest character development of wanting to return to Asgard after fleeing. And drinking on Sakaar. Um Thor didn't really have too much. He was already, um, he, he was already good Thor from when he changed um, originally in the first movie. He, he of course is stepping up into his role as king. Nothing really much has changed there. Um, Scourge was kind of back and forth, and then the uh, Hulk eventually. Shedding his uh, lone wolf coils and helping his friend Thor was very touching. Um, but definitely at the end, everybody had their own agenda, the same obje- um, objective, which was preventing Ragnarok.
1: Awesome. Um, so I gave this, the characters in uh, Ragnarok, a 10. So, a maximum score, and this is why. So, I thought that Thor realizing himself and uh, kind of reimagining what it is to be a god and a hero again was never, <clears throat> never done in this fashion until this movie, until this film and the Thors previously. It just didn't happen. And uh, we got a little bit more of, like, what his father meant to him and what his relationship with his mischievous brother was and a little a little bit more backstory of the mm, royal family if you will and what where hella came from and stuff like that so that was pretty interesting um another part of thor that kind of was interesting um in this movie so the previous movies thor was kind of stale and stiff and uh, I kind of equivalated that to the Superman um, played by um, Henry Cavill in, like, the recent Superman films. And how he's just kind of, like, he's super powerful, but he doesn't really have emotions, and but he, like, you know, still does the right thing at the end of the day. That is not, that is not true in this movie. Thor, Thor is actually, like, funny and cool and just kind of, like, has a refresh, refreshing new light on the character, so definitely appreciated that when watching the film. And lastly, a big part of the 10 points was also because Hulk's character development was um, actually developed in this movie, and it wasn't a Hulk film. It wasn't supposed to be all about Hulk, but he was a big part of it, and um, Hulk and Bruce Banner had a lot of character development, um, it made sense that Hulk, you know, didn't like being on Earth and, uh, wanted to be isolated, and, um, Thor kind of dealing with, you know, both of them was interesting and, um, you know, picking favorites and stuff like that, but it was all, it was all part of extra character development of not the main character, so you, you rarely see that in movies, so I thought that was, uh, very well done, um, I would I would have begged for more, but if there was any more character development from Hulk and Bruce Banner, it would have been a Hulk too. So I
0: can't complain. Exactly. And I definitely think they saved that for uh Infinity War and Endgame. They that's where the real Hulk development took place. But this True. was a this was a good starting point for Hulk to develop.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Good good building block for Hulk's character to be more than uh just a rage monster, so That was pretty neat. As he did say in the movie, he is hot fire,
0: very hot fire, (laughs) and Thor is smoldering fire. (laughs) Yes. I thought that was a funny quote. Next up on our list are the actors. We have all of the classic fan favorite actors. Tom Hiddleston, Idris Elba, Chris Hemsworth, Taika Waititi, Mark Ruffalo, Kate Blanchett, All fantastic actors. They did very well in their roles. The one actor that I didn't think fit, I did touch on him before, I did kind of uh, beat him around the bush a little bit, I'm going to do it again, was Jeff Goldblum. I didn't think that he was the proper actor for this kind of role. Uh, I I was expecting the grandmaster of an entire planet-wide gladiator ring to be more ferocious and and energetic and lively Jeff Goldblum I wouldn't say people would call him the most energetic kind of person Um, uh, that being said though as an actor Jeff Goldblum is also a fan favorite he's such a great actor in so many different movies like classic Jurassic Park but in this movie I don't think he fit well who would I have liked to see differently in this role is If you have tuned into Game of Thrones, the actor for Robert Baratheon, Mark Addy. I think he would have been a perfect Grandmaster in this movie. So that is my take on the actors. I rate this as a 7.
1: Okay, very interesting. So we have a, um, a, a hater of the Grandmaster over here. <laughs> Two cat- categories in a row, just bashing the... Um, What's his name? Jeff Goldblum. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Um, I just... Uh, which is which is very sad because I did like him in Jurassic Park, and uh, he's a great actor. I'm, I'm going to defend Jeff Goldblum really briefly. I, I think that I can't speak on his um, character's behalf as far as, like, comics go, but I think that his comedy, like, his dry humor, or whatever you want to refer to it as, was kind of necessary for the tone of the movie, and to take that away, it would kind of um uh, make it more like the films that we've seen before, like, um, Thor the Dark World and the first Thor, but anyways, so going, <laughs> that's just, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Jeff Goldblum a little bit later, but that was just, I'm just defending Jeff Goldblum, because, uh, the analyst is ripping him apart, but anyways, <laughs> so, um, I kind of got a crush on Hela, I thought Hela looked hella cool,
0: I see what you did there. That was a very clever of you. Right. So,
1: um, yeah, super, super neat, uh, well casted, um, and we we got the classics from other films. These aren't new actors. Um, Chris Hemsworth and so forth. Mark Ruffalo, we've seen them before. Loki, um, they're they're great. Um, Doctor Strange, like all these characters and who they're played by, were just um, I think well casted. Uh, I can't have any complaints on that, so I have to give it a ten.
0: Okay. All right. Moving on to the cinematics portion. Th- this was a this was a tough one for me. There was a lot of different things that I enjoyed. Um, did I think they had the best cinematics in the entire MCU? Not by a long shot. I, I think that Doctor Strange fills that spot fills that title that being said though kind of getting off track here i'm sorry um we're focusing on one movie today good (laughs) i would have definitely ranked the cinematics up on the list though i would have given this an eight uh some of the some of the key examples here are surter korg um. Ooh. Just, just in general, Asgard always blows me away. It is
1: so majestic. Just the golden city just blows. The your golden mind. city, the golden <laughs>
0: tower. How they always like enter Asgard. It's like yeah. grand opening. The rainbow bridge. You the, rainbow bridge the rainbow bridge, of course. Bridge. Um. I, I I will I will say that I, I liked Hell's appearance. Um, but I will um, go back to a little bit about Norse mythology here. She is god of death, who resides in Hell, who which is actually a realm, um, much like our Hell is where the damned souls go. Except it is cold. Um, where she emerged from was kind of like a bubbly portal, like almost like watery. I would have liked to see her emerge in some ice and have some like blizzard. Uh, come out of the portal with her, I think that okay, would, have been, that's yeah, I, I would that 's fair I would like to see
1: that yeah and that's that 's a character that it should be uh, a pretty grand uh ferocious entrance, so I think that would definitely be appropriate mm-hmm. uh, is that all you had to say about that
0: that is my whole take on the cinematics. What did you say?
1: I'm a sucker for this movie. You'll you'll see in my scores, if you haven't already, they're pretty high scores. I, I gave this a 10 uh, for cinematics and special effects. Um, Sakaar, I thought, was, again, refreshing and new. Uh, this is a more bright Thor movie than the last two that we've seen, or the first two that they made in the MCU. Um, so I really appreciated that. And um, also... Um, which I, I, yeah. So like the analyst was talking about Surtur, he he was cool. Um, I thought Surtur's planet was cool. Basically anything that's like this planet was Muspelheim. Yes. Yeah. It was cool. <laughs> it was awesome. Yep. And um, that's like the stuff that you see in the comic books, that's just uh, larger than life. That you kind of don't really expect out of movies to be done as well as they were, and they really were. I, specifically when I mentioned
0: Surtur I was thinking of when he emerged from the eternal flame oh, and just yeah. busted through the tower yes. Yeah, we can't but he can and he just busts through explosions everywhere and then swings this sword and just drives that through the planet I thought that was such cool cinematics
1: Mhm. and yeah yeah like the like this so in that scene in the end and like all the other the cause Thor's Powers. I mean, I mean, I guess a lot of um, superheroes' powers are use special effects, but the lightning, I think, and the hammer, special effects were pretty epic in this. Um, kind of like the side views that they did with the battle scenes and the electricity, like slow motion, like creeping out, was like super cool. Uh, and you usually, just see it quick. It's like lightning done. But they slowed it down, so you got to see the veins of the lightning, and it just like made it more neat. <laughs> you could also see, you, you could also tell. Um, one of the
0: major uh, caveats of this film was that we see Thor going through a monumental change of no longer wielding Mjolnir, mm-hmm. finding out that that was actually a tool to help him wield his power, and you could always see him like raise up Mjolnir and. Generate lightning using it, right? But now it's literally like engulfing him. It's in like, his veins. It's it's it's, it's, it's coursing his through his body. Veins. It's his <laughs> whole body,
1: and I think that was a that was also a really good use of cinematics there to help portray that. True, true. Yeah, a little foreshadowing to Avengers Endgame, coursing through his veins, lightning. <laughs> okay.
0: Next up is the plot. Um, I, I had a number written down here but I'm going to change it it was originally a 9 but I have to give it a 10 here Um I, I just think the whole idea of this this mighty alien civilization that has such crazy te- technology is foretold to be completely wiped out and like this, this such a, a Asgardian force is just be able to be wiped out um they're gods they're gods they're, they're literally gods and their civilization is going to be destroyed that that's so crazy to me mm-hmm. what's even more crazy is to figure out that the characters deliberately need to do it in order to save their people it's destiny it's destiny they they can't they they can't not do it because the writing
1: is written on the wall. The writing is written on the wall. It has to <laughs> or be <done>. painted. <laughs> yeah, painted on the wall. Exactly. Um, on the ceiling. Painted
0: on the ceiling. Painted on the ceiling. So the whole the whole idea of finding out that prophecy. And there's there's always been this this idea of you can go around prophecies. The prophecy is what you make of it. Not in this case, though they literally needed to destroy Asgard in order to kind of win the day and win the battle, which was such a heartbreak.
1: Yeah, um, that's that's something that was great that they... that That's a good point that the analyst makes there, that they stayed true to what Ragnarok is and was. Um, I would say comic-wise and Norse mytholo- mythology-wise, they didn't make it so, oh, Asgard's so awesome, we're gonna make it so that, like, the hero wins and Asgard doesn't get destroyed. They didn't do the plot. They didn't sugarcoat the plot. They made it what it was, and they made it work, and they made it make sense. They made it interesting, too. Yeah. Yep. So, very good point there. I, I like that um, angle that you took. Um, so, uh, kind of like I said in other uh, topics, I, I voted a ten as well for plot. Lots of tens out of you today. Lots <laughs> yes. of tens. I, I just, can see how you highly regard this movie, and uh-huh. I don't blame you. Just, just hashing, just giving out tens like it's like no, nothing to me, um, <laughs> handing them out. So, uh, yeah, this, this movie is just like so bright and refreshing. If you guys, if um, you as the audience can remember uh, the analysts, if you can remember back to when we only had two Thor movies, I, I, I just. The, the director of this film like when, when creating this film just really broke the trend of having a just very stagnant th- I, I like the first film don't get me wrong but the, this but both of them to, to collectively were just dark they're just dark movies it was almost like like Batman in that way or like like the new Superman like I said before and it just like I needed something more and they just totally went in a different direction by making the plot fun. And, um, but also it makes sense and had action and comedy and just made it all cohesive, which is really what making a good movie is about. If you don't have a piece that's right, it doesn't work. And they were able to put all these elements together and make a great movie. That's why my scores are high too. Yep,
0: yeah, I don't blame you. you. You make really good points here. All solid points. Alright, moving on to the action category. For this category, this was super easy me super easy choice. It's a Thor movie. They have the best action. I give it a ten. Um I, I didn't see a single action scene that was that was wrong that needed more. I thought they put everything that they, they had into it. The the Thor versus Hulk fight? Forget about it, man. That <laughs> yeah. that was round two. Uh, that was that was a
1: a gladiator <laughs> Thor and way better a gladiator than the Hel- Hulk. Way better than the Helicarrier scene. Oh, come on! That, <laughs> that <laughs> was like
0: twenty. That was twenty times better than that. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! Um. One one other thing I will mention is, unlike most other Thor movies, which are mostly action, mostly action, mostly action, mm-hmm. this movie gave itself room to breathe to get to important plot points to allow growth to happen to um, to put some funny scenes in there they they, di- they diversified it and when they threw the action in there when it was time for action they didn't disappoint
1: yes yeah um, just like quickly commenting on what you just said there uh, yeah like the way that and this is kind of like what was said in the previous category the, the way that the this movie was intertwined. The elements of it just makes it really awesome. But, um... So, for action, I, I also gave it a 10 for action. uh, And, and I, I broke it down into, like, just the, the main three fights, I think, in the movie. And if you think that I'm wrong, call me out um, for the viewer, for the analyst. Um, the first fighting scene was Surtur, and Surtur's um minions or demons i thought that was awesome and what a great way to start a movie just having him pick off um weak weak enemies i mean that was just so neat just like (laughs) shredding them with this hammer was super cool um and then of course the arena um fight with hulk which was already mentioned by the analysts um so yeah that was epic we were waiting for that it was funny how he called out his brother and like all this stuff and um so that was awesome, and like you kind of didn't really know who was gonna win and and you know maybe you had a side that you wanted to win, but it was still epic all the same and uh lastly, the closing fight was at the end of the film was really good, I thought too um and uh the executioner coming back, I even liked that, which I wouldn't really consider that a giant action point, but I still liked it um. So just kind of, I guess, Loki coming back, Valkyrie coming back. Um, I don't know if Korg is really gets a lot of screen time in that fight. He needed more screen time, I think. Yeah. You can't forget about Korg. He, yeah, he probably deserved a little more action scenes at the end. But all in all, like them coming together, uh, Team Thor at the end was pretty epic. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't Team Thor. <laughs> it was the Revengers. Oh, the Revengers. Right, right. <laughs> You got me. You got me. <laughs> so yeah, the the uh, on the on the rainbow bridge. Who's on the rainbow bridge? Cuz you got to bring it back, you know. So that that was cool. Just kind of add a little extra flavor. Um yeah, so action was a 10. All right, moving on
0: to comedy. I I I would say that this is also a 10. I have to give it a 10. I, they they didn't go like about like more than 8 minutes without some little banter, without some little funny comment. True, true. And I think that really made the movie. That really set... Again, what you said about the other two previous movies it was very gloomy. Mm-hmm. It, was very, it was very stale. This, this had a good mix of, of, of drama, of action, and a lot of comedy. They, mm-hmm. they, they spiced it up with comedy a lot. All, all, so much funny banter uh, between Thor, Hulk, Loki... Valkyrie. Grandmaster. Um, nobody can forget the iconic...
1: Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. So this is a positive part of the this Grandmaster? This is a positive part of the
0: Grandmaster. <laughs> Note Je- that. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum was very funny, I will say that. Although he... I do have my grievances against him. Uh, the one good thing that he did do was mm-hmm. he he brought good comedy to it. Um, we Nobody can forget the iconic... Hulk just slamming Thor just like Loki did and then Loki being so happy about that. I think that made every fan's day that was they came full circle with that one. That that was a good comedy point, definitely. Yep. Um, I, I I would say there there was there was more. I, I, I liked um I liked Scourge a lot. I thought Scourge was very, very funny um behold my stuff <laughs> okay and then the uh, the, the Des and Troy they destroyed yes. was so corny and then he brought it out at the end and then damn dude he really uh-huh. did destroy with those
1: that was cool yeah I liked him um yeah and we're referring to the same person as the execution executioner that's the executioner
0: yes um, the executioner is scourge
1: yes. The name versus a title, I guess, or name and alias, if you will. That was... Uh, I think it's more of a title. Yeah, probably more of a title. More of a title, yeah. Um, You got any more to say on that? That
0: was all I had to say. What about you, Doc? What do you have to say about... So...
1: The Doc gave this a 9. A 9, And the only reason I didn't give it a 10 was because... I wouldn't say that... uh, Because this... The only reason I didn't... I gave a lot of 10s out, and... You did get a lot of 10s out. very surprised by this one. (laughs) It's not... I wouldn't say it's a comedy movie. Like, it's not a comedy film. No, it's not. Which, you know, probably... um, None of the MCU films have been. Uh, However... It is fu- obviously funny for it to be a nine, but it, it, I would say it's mostly geared towards action because it's a MCU film. And that's just kind of how it is so far. Okay. Um, but not, not because it's not funny, but just because I don't think it's mostly about comedy. That's why it's a nine.
0: Okay, so that's kind of the approach you're going with in terms of like the whole movie in and of itself. You're just focusing on how much comedy was in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, I think my perspective on the comedy was like more just when it happens, how good was the comedy? I oh. think that was kind of where I was going with it. That's fine. Okay. That, that's fine what you did. So if I was going
1: to look at yeah. it the way that the analyst did, then it would be a 10 because I thought that the comedy okay. used was tasteful. And um, definitely they knew the time and the place for comedy and kind of helps you go through like... The highs and the lows of the movie action, you know, com- like it just it flowed well together, and you had a break from action for a little bit of comedy and vice versa, so that was well done. You gotta have balance. You really right. Have to yeah, have it was well, well balanced, and we didn't see any comedy in the other ones, and then to see it comedy and action equally balanced, if you will, in this film was pretty awesome. Um, so then I guess to just kind of wrap up comedy that I had a a nine. Was my favorite com- my favorite comedy part that I can remember, um, or that sticks out in my head the most? I should say, is uh, Get Help. I mean, oh my, come on! Oh my god, <laughs> Get Help with uh, uh Thor and Loki was awesome. Doctor I mean, Cinema, that is a fantastic <laughs> point. So Get Help was huge, and uh, the Sakar on, or um, I'm sorry, the the, the disguise on. In Sakar when Thor's going through with uh, Bruce Banner, it's just a small and it's just the just the towel, <laughs> just the towel <laughs> and that just just become like so memeable. It's like, it's I, I love that I, I, when I see it and in, on uh, Instagram or social media, I just it's still funny to me to this day. So I think that they really hit it home with that. It was so subtle, but it was good. To comment on that though, the disguise worked. Apparently, it did. The disguise worked. <laughs>
0: And although it wasn't a very good one, it did, it, it did, it did its job. Like, yes, it did. <laughs> except for Valkyrie, of course, she saw right through that. All right, our next category is the costumes. This is my favorite category by far, especially with this movie. I ooh, um, I, I highly um, value Asgardian costumes. Asgardian gob. The Asgardian drip, <laughs> if you will, the drip, the Hold Asgardian on. drip. Asgardians are always got to be blinged out, so you know they're I'll always out. Always fly. so fashionable. The capes got to. Oh, you got to. You got to You have to. Have
1: to have some metal.
0: Um I overall though for the movie, I would rank this as an eight. Uh, most of the. And well, this was your
1: favorite part of the this movie. This was my
0: favorite part. Mostly for the Asgardian costumes because I love Asgardian costumes, Um, especially with like the 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 Thor's new costume. I I especially liked how he when he was in the when he was in the um, oh this actually wasn't an Asgardian costume it was it was a Sakarian helmet that Mm -hmm. he had on yes yes which was actually canon to the comics because he had a winged helmet. And then they they brought a winged helmet for him in the gladiator. I thought that this was really true. cool. So that was actually more of a Sakarian uh, costume. L- Loki's uh, L- Loki's uh, drip still, obviously <laughs> awesome. Um, I I also liked the Idris Elba, um Oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. Who was Idris Elba's character? Oh my god. Oh. This is um the character's both, name. Yeah, the character's name. We're both forgetting about what, this. What do they do? Heimdall. Oh
1: my gosh! <laughs> oh my god! Heimdall. You oh, are all gonna hate duh. us for that. I am so sorry. Wow. Probably Oof. one of
0: like the most influential characters in the entire movie. He had an epic name.
1: fight scene on the Rainbow Bridge as well, and I he's, kind of, I kind of wanted to good. bring him up, and I and I and I failed to mention him earlier, oh, but he should have been God. mentioned in action for the bridge scene. I've
0: never seen a person handle a great sword as well <laughs> gracefully
1: as, as he does, as
0: as well as he does. He swings that like it's like it's nothing, like like mm-hmm. it's a. Like, it weighs as much as paper. That's ridiculous.
1: Hemdall's the character that I wish that I could have seen more of, because I do think he's just so epic. And, like, yeah, I'm just, like, I see everything, and I have a giant sword and a giant dope helmet uh, with horns.
0: So what were you saying? I'm sorry. We had we had to cut out for a second. What
1: were you saying? Um. Uh, what, what was it? Was? Heimdall. 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 Yes. Heimdall, because you he, Heimdall was really cool in the first movie, um, which we probably won't review because it's old at this point. But, um, yeah, he's just cool from the beginning. He did have awesome armor in the first movie. Yeah. Still speaking of Heimdall, though.
0: Um. In in this movie, he was more of like like a raggedy, more like. Because most of the Asgardians were were rebelling, he had mm-hmm. like the the, re, the rebellion garb on. I right. thought that was a very interesting costume. I thought he looked really rugged. Um, like he betrayed the throne, he looked like somebody who would betray a throne, like completely. <laughs> like he was like shrouded, um, like a mysterious guy. He took off his hood, and he was like, "Hello, I'm Heimdall," and it was like it was it was so cool. Where um, I would take off points for costumes. Um, although I thought that most of the Sakarian uh, armor was very interesting, if you um, if you paid attention to when uh, Grandmaster was talking, he founded Sakar. He was the first person on Sakar, mm-hmm. and he said that he would be millions of years old. So Sakar has been around for millions of years old. Why do they still have scrap armor and very non-regal-looking armor? For people that have endless wormholes from endless different areas, because he's a horrible
1: leader, like you said before,
0: exactly. <laughs> but it, it to me, it looks like they just have like junkyard scrap. That's what they're wearing. I understand that they're a junkyard planet,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but they've been around for millions of years. They should they should have updated their like their wardrobe,
1: at least. <laughs> they could have. They they could they, have. they could have. They should have. That's a fair point for sure. Yeah, definitely. So that's where I take
0: off points for that.
1: Uh, I scored a ten for this, and um, the reasons being is I, I um, again uh, I got to start with Hella. Well, her Her crown and her look was awesome. The way that she, well, it was all CGI, but the way that her, she like put on her crown with she like her hands, back her hair was and were, super
0: cool. It was very interesting.
1: I agree. Um. And, of course, uh, Thor's look looked great from the arena, uh, his new costume. And, um, basically, and like, really all the side characters had really well done costumes. And I think this, again, has to do with uh, the place in which the movie took place. The whole, like, um, Sakaar and, well, basically just Sakaar and Asgard. Because they have such extravagant... Clothes. I mean, I guess apart from the garbage, but even like the Grand Master, like they, they had very unique costume designs for a Sakaar. and then they even like stayed true to the comics with having uniqueness, and that was pretty neat. Because yeah, even like the, I guess going back to Thor's Sakarian armor, it was new, but it was also saluted at the traditional Thor costume and um helis costume saluted like traditional um or there is a comic that appears to be like the same costume that she's wearing um it's also kind of like a lanch um enchantress based which is a different asgardian female villain um so that was cool too but yeah i mean I, i definitely can't complain with any of the wardrobe so it definitely gets a 10 Extravagant, uh, new, unique, from basically from scratch, um, but still you know saluting classics. So that's why it's a ten.
0: Okay. Now we are on to the show background and lore. I have more of a twofold critique of this movie based off of the background. One is, of course, mythology, which is what. The whole realm of these superheroes is based off of is mythology, Norse Mm -hmm. mythology. Um, The other aspect would be, of course, the comics. Um, I think where this loses points is, of course, um, a lot of the aspects of Norse mythology they definitely didn't stay true to. Um, It's it's very hard to, especially in a superhero like movie. um, A lot of the technology is not going to be the same and stuff like that. I understand Mm -hmm. that completely. Um, I think where they fall short is kind of their his uh, is their history background about a lot of these characters, um, especially like the character personalities, the Aesir who are the Asgardians. That's that's what they are. They uh, Aesir gods according to Norse mythology. They are all not one of them is nice. They are all ruthless hmm. and cold-hearted, and they only care about themselves. And about being as powerful as possible and as mighty as possible. Now with this we see cool. a little bit different. Of course they're superheroes they have to be nice. Like that's their whole... Sh- they're, that's they're, the very whole they're very noble. They're very noble. Asgardians yes. are very noble. Mm-hmm. They did hint on this though with yeah. the whole background of how Asgard was founded. was founded by Conquest. True. Which true. does portray to the mythology um, so they, they do have good footing there. Now onto the comics. Uh, they also kind of fall short with the comics um, in terms of um, who exactly causes Ragnarok in the comics. Loki. Loki kills almost every Asgardian in the comics. And here, Hela does all of the heavy lifting with Asgard and uh, killing all the Asgardians. Or um, Or Or... Uh eh, no, not really Surtur. Everyone escapes before Surter gets there, so... I wouldn't say Surter, I'd say it was mostly Hela.
1: Okay, I would argue for Surtur, for Surtur for that one, because he, like, physically destroyed... Well, okay, then you'd be like, well, it's Asgard's a people, not a place. But Surter destroyed the place, yeah. uh... Okay. But... Yeah, I I, I'm not so sure who exact.
0: I think, no, no, Surter still actually does destroy Asgard in the comics, too. So they did, they did stay true to the comics in there. Uh, which was nice. Um, And also, one other facet that they uh, didn't include was that all of the nine realms were destroyed along with Asgard in the comics, except for Mm -hmm. Earth. They fled to Earth, and they actually did form new Asgard on the Earth in the comics, which they did in the movie, which was very good. However, in the movie, they only had Asgard be destroyed. All others were fine, supposedly. I think nice. we would need to fact check that, but, I mean, from what we've seen, only Asgard was affected by that directly, right. and in the comics, yeah, yeah. everywhere else was
1: affected. We, yeah, we we could guess that other ones were, but it's, the movie doesn't show that, so we can't really, impl- that's too much to imply, so yeah, Um That's a good grading, uh, I'm gonna kind of leave that to the analyst, because he really dove into that topic well, and we're gonna try to keep this moving on for the sake of time. Um, so yeah I, I really basically agree with everything that the analyst said I, I don't um, as far as a grade I would probably give it a high grade as well um, maybe like an 8 uh, but I yeah I would just agree with what was said by the analyst He did, he did his homework there and it definitely showed so well done thank you I appreciate it I did do my homework <laughs> very nice Onto drama and uh, character beliefs.
0: Uh, I score this as an eight. Um, Valkyrie not f- wanting to fight for Asgard, completely understandable. She didn't believe in the throne anymore and what it stood for, so she left. But she eventually went back, um, mm-hmm. which which was very understandable in her uh, perspective. Um, to uh, fighting to de- to defend one's home, making sure that Asgard stays safe. Uh, was a very good uh, character belief. Thor had uh, this whole drive, same with Loki. Um, I wanted to touch on the people, the uh, Asgard being a place, or er, being a people, not a place. Um, it, it, I mean, that completely makes sense. It's very touching. Um, a- ethically speaking, they are correct. Asgard, the Asgardian people, can never be destroyed unless they all. <laughs> die somehow, um,
1: <laughs> which they kind of do, <laughs> <laughs> and if any more.
0: But um, in, in general, I was like, okay, that's very touching, but but re- really, Asgard, the place, did get destroyed. So yes. I feel like they're trying to kind of move away from that, and they're trying to like hide the pain that everyone's feeling, you really shouldn't do that. You shouldn't sugarcoat it like Asgard got wiped out. Asgard's the place. Asgard the place got wiped Mm. out. And that's very sad. That's true. That's
1: a good point. Yeah, um, I I think that's really, I, I didn't never looked at the film necessarily that way. But yeah, there was no mourning of the citizens of Asgard on the ship when they were like, even after the battle concluded. There wasn't like, I don't think, like, the women or the children or Hemdal or anybody was in mourning after, you know, basically a demon just wiped out their, their all home their life. homes. <laughs> and, yeah, like, planet, I guess, if you will. But, yeah, so that was an interesting point. And uh, I-, I scored for drama and character beliefs a 9. Uh, the thing that I just want to focus on for this for me was Thor himself, and basically kind of related to, I would relate to, like, Iron Man's third movie, and how they kind of, like, take away their toys, and then see, like, break them down, and then see how good they are without their quote-unquote strength. So, you know, like, Iron Man didn't have a suit in Iron Man 3, and this is Thor's third, third movie, and, in, you know, the third... And Thor Ragnarok, he gets his hammer destroyed, and then he has to figure out how to deal with that, and that he's the god of thunder, not the god of hammers, um, etc. So I think that's um, the big drama point, and him kind of coming to realize that, uh, even until the end when, like, Hella cuts out his eyes, kind of, he needs to remember who he is basically so that was pretty important that's a very good point I'm glad you brought that up
0: I I definitely agree wholeheartedly I like the connection you made with Iron Man through I I definitely see that um thanks although I I I personally think this is more about him realizing that he actually has like his full power and he didn't need Mjolnir right whereas Iron Man he still kind of needed his suits to some extent, and he still kind of made na- nanotechnology, and he still made that stuff. Uh, um, and it's it, and like, don't I, get me started on uh, Tony Stark. <laughs> listen, I, that wasn't the point of Iron Man three. I understand that, um, but for Thor, this is more about like him realizing like he actually has like power, and he didn't realize it.
1: T- yeah, Tony, yeah,
0: Tony was on like more of a self reflection more than like actually seeing like more of like a power aspect
1: you could say series. that there's more of a stark contrast between the two uh, movies <laughs> uh, but yes I, corny but i, I yeah, agree with your you, points you could you could nitpick apart and uh we could we could do a whole nother podcast on that um but yeah I, I see where you're coming from definitely um so i don't know if that's a agree to disagree but like partially agree uh but we're just gonna keep moving along yep with the podcast
0: uh for the next uh category that we have is the antagonist quality i there's no other score i would have put it's a 10 hella is just completely crazy powerful and she has like one of the biggest drives i've ever seen she's like i just want to conquer everything and who is literally going to stop me i am the goddess of death i cannot
1: die Mm mm-hmm and, and she's it, got a smoking hot bod, too.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Um, but again, we're not focusing on the physical appearance. No, oh true, true. Sorry. Right? <laughs> come on, keep sorry, come, on, sorry. come on. Come on, come um, on. so so going back to Hella Just messing, just messing. Going back to Hella, the the scene that strikes that strikes me the most obviously is her just decimating all of the Asgardian soldiers. She just plows through all of them. I, right. I I don't think anybody has ever seen that level of 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 antagonist power before. Right. I, I, I feel like although she needs her soldiers and although she resurrected all those people, she can just fulfill her her desires just by herself. She can conquer everything by herself.
1: Yeah. Almost like riffing off of that real quick. Like she didn't even and and by the way the why I really wanted to say that about like hella's appearance was kind of uh, also a uh a quote from um what was it uh, friends by Ross but if, if you guys get that but anyways um what I was saying is is hella I don't think she really needed her um minions like she could literally have blades come out of her hands Absolutely and or not. axes or whatever so like why do you she was, they were so much like paper people. They were basically
0: useless. The only thing that could have killed her, which did kill her in the end, was Surter.
1: She almost killed Surtur. Yeah. Yeah, why do if, you need some some crappy zombie she, army?
0: She almost impaled him. She almost killed him completely. <laughs> if she, like, put one good large spear through his head, he would have been dead. Or
1: she could have did that Nothing to Thor. Nothing She could have did that, or Hulk.
0: She could have just stabbed any
1: of them with a giant pillar of spear. Mm -hmm. She just needed to get thrown into the water first to get that much rage to make a bigger spear. Exactly, yes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I scored a 10 for this as well, for antagonist quality. And uh, because Hela was uh, super powerful and just, I guess, overall evil. She was just, like, a good, sinister persona. And, um, also she was related, um, which I don't really know how much flavor that added to the plot, but it was just kind of different. And, um, Surter, I liked how Surtur came full cir- circle in the film, cause they introduced him in the beginning and you kind of don't really know that he's going to come back. You forget about him in the movie and then he comes back. So that's cool. And then also- He needed
0: more screen time, I think.
1: I would have liked to see more Surter. But then that would ruin, like, the surprise, I'm back. That's true. I destroyed Asgard. <laughs> That's very true. So, yeah, I feel like that was kind of a plot twist, even though he says it in the beginning that Ragnarok is coming and noth- you can not do anything to stop it. But still, you know, you do watch the movie and then you forget about it, then it comes back and it's cool. Um, the Grandmaster is kind of like a comedic villain, I guess. So these, like, three different um, flavors of villains is cool. And um, also the Executioner, who had, like, um, if you couldn't say that he's a villain, he kind of comes, like, around, or he's a villain, then he's not, or he's not a villain, then he is. He's, like, a villain for the middle of the movie, I guess. Um, but kind of the three tiers of villains I wouldn't say is really cool. he's a
0: villain. They they were trying to escape Sakaar, and it's like, well, who runs Sakaar? is probably trying to stop them. I wouldn't really say he's he's like a he's very very much a side antagonist. I'm pretty say.
1: sure that uh, the comics have him as more of a villain, so that could have maybe uh, been cooler. Okay. Something um, they could have thrown in there. Yeah, but they they still had Hela and Surtur, and then I guess a week third is Grandmaster, but still he he still gave Thor trouble, so like you can't say that he wasn't a villain. Yeah. He was—he was definitely powerful. He was able to detain him and could have um, vaporized him with a stick. So he could have melted him with a melted melty stick. Him, yeah,
0: with a melty stick. Turn him to burnt toast.
1: So yeah, and kind of controlled the planet, even though if it was poorly. So yeah, I think the villains were cool. So and you know, not just cool, but you know what I'm you know what I said, and uh, what the analysts said as well. Uh, very good villains in this film. Well done.
0: Now on to our final category of the
1: podcast. You made it.
0: We made it <laughs> to the end. Was This is actually a new one. We, we I think we just created this, right? Yes, we did. This, this is brand is new. This is the music Fresh off the press. and the score. Often, a lot of people do um, take notice of the music and score and soundtrack of movies. Um, it's just not something a lot of people kind of talk about, but we want to talk about this. This is a really good category, especially for this movie. Um, specifically the eighties, uh, songs, I would rate this as a nine. Uh, I thought the eighties songs personally, um, without any background information was a good, um, was a, was a good entry into the movie. I, I'm, I'm always a retro kind of person. Um, I, I just think eighties is like the best generation for music personally. I don't know why. Um, I have to agree on that one. Now with for that. with some background, I did I did um, research. The comics were made in the 80s, so this was actually a callback. The reason why they made these these music was because this comic, this Thor Ragnarok comic, was made in the 80s. So that dare was we say
1: that's that. an Easter egg? That was well. That is find. an Easter egg. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> well. Well. Yeah. That's cool. I did not know that. That's new to me. Very neat. Yeah. Um. Besides
0: that, um, I, I along with the drip, I like Asgardian music. I like the main Asgardian song. Um. I I don't really like how they meshed it with techno. I don't mm-hmm. know if you noticed that. That probably was more like Sakaar. That was more Sakaar. I I can see why they did that. I that just, that trash technology. The trash technology. <laughs> that how dare you defile my Asgardian regal. Music. I, I I thought it was a very interesting thing that they did. I I just didn't enjoy it that much.
1: Okay, so that's, that's my fair. those are my thoughts on the music. So I gave it a ten. Again, another ten. Uh, <laughs> this is your favorite movie <laughs> and by far. This this is definitely a a well appreciated movie by uh, the doc. So I gave it a ten because yeah, the eighties callbacks. I'm a sucker for eighties music, and. I've seen, it's been on TV, I've seen Thor Ragnarok more than once, and every time there's the intro fighting sequence, or the last fighting sequence, so uh, against Surtur in the beginning, or the fight on the Rainbow Bridge at the end, and, you know, the 80s music hits the record, or they put the needle down, I'm just, chills, chills, and I, it's every time so i can't I can't not give this a high score, and I think um Sakaar and like the things that weren't even eighties music but just part of the soundtrack, I think were just well composed and just made sense with the lands that they were in or the situations they were in um so yeah that 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 gets a ten for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: all right, well, those were all our categories
0: um we I I did wanna mention one other thing. This is actually a uh a, maybe like a segment or like a mention that okay. we will probably include in more podcasts is heroes crack or cracked. Yes. Meaning the more like the crack, much like <laughs>
1: It looks like, I don't uh, know if this needs uh, to be crack. explained. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if this needs to be explained. You can kinda catch
0: our drift. So so crack <laughs> being just good. off the charts, yes. awesome, good versus cracked or broken. Really, really just a dumb idea. Um in this instance in this segment for this movie, Hella and Thor deserve a crack mention. Both of these characters, we have just we we have been Accustomed to Thor for a long time. We've never seen him in this light before. Right. He is full-on god mode. Hella, just a force to be reckoned with. She couldn't even be stopped by characters. She had to be stopped by an, apocalypt- uh, an apocaly- apocalyptic event. Mm-hmm. So both these characters are ridiculously overpowered. Um, so I definitely think they deserve a crack mention.
1: Um, so I-, I could say this. Um, As far as characters or overall movie, obviously, because of my scores, this I would say the characters are crack. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the movie is crack. I would smoke it all day. The movie is crack. I would watch it every day if I could. Uh, But, yeah, so... And and yeah, this is an idea that we had in the first podcast, but we didn't end up making it and it was already long enough. So that's okay. <laughs> so now that should be something that's consistent is um, a crack or cracked score at the end of the podcast. So, you know, if, was it good, was it bad or what we think overall? We, I, I
0: wouldn't really say, I think for this kind of circumstance, like crack versus cracked, I think should be, like, an extremely good movie or an extremely poor movie. We we might find ourselves, like, very um, indifferent about the movie and just not really give it a crack or crack store. Fair. Uh, you, you can if you want to. Um, I I might not, though, but it's completely up to you, Doc Cinema. But mm-hmm. for this one, I definitely want to give a cracked mention.
1: Cool, yeah. I mean, we can discuss that further later on. But thank you yep. for tuning in to uh, this our second podcast. um we hope that there's less of my heavy breathing <laughs> in this <laughs> recording. Uh, we had uh, some comments from fans about uh, my breathing in the first one. But, uh, That's reco- been fixed. Yes, our recording methods have changed for this one, so hopefully the quality is better um, and you enjoy this podcast. Thanks for making it through with us, and yeah. uh, we hope to bring you more soon. This has been The Analyst and
0: Doc Cinema. We will see you next time on Nerd Nook.